This podcast is brought to you by Fear Free, the initiative that takes the pet out of petrified and puts treat into treatment. Learn more at fearfreepets.com. Welcome in. This is the Fear Free Podcast Series. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Marks. Today's podcast is sponsored by Elanco, makers of Bexicat, Bexicliflozin tablets. And I'm so excited to have on our guest today a veterinarian, uh, boarded internal medicine specialist, an innovator, and a colleague and friend, Dr. Cindy Ward. She's a professor emerita at the University of Georgia, also Fear Free certified, and her fabulous claim to fame of many is that she started and ran the first diabetes clinic in the United States at a veterinary school. And of course, today we're going to be talking about the world of diabetes in cats, something that is becoming much more prevalent as it is in humans. Dr. Cindy Ward, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, I'm so excited to be here, Natalie. A, it's so much fun to work with you anytime. And B, it's so much fun to talk about diabetes mellitus. So I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad you said fun, because I think sometimes when people hear the term diabetes, they get anxious or worried or, oh my gosh, forbid that you know my cat ever gets diagnosed with this. But we're here today to really make sure everybody understands that early diagnosis um, and awareness is certainly possible. We're going to be teaching you how to think about things at home, things in the practice, how to make sure that we understand our options, and really how to make sure that this is something that we can live with, we can manage, we can have a full quality of life with our cats at home. But Cindy, I want to start with awareness, because I think if we're not really thinking about this disease um, from the beginning, we will be missing some of the warning signs or even what to be talking about with our clients. So Cindy, why is awareness so crucial when we're talking about diabetes mellitus in cats? So I think it's really important that we want to recognize these cats early on, either before they develop diabetes mellitus, because maybe we can prevent that. But certainly when they've become diabetic, we want to recognize it early because there's so many things we can do to help these cats. We want them to be happy and healthy and live full enjoyable lives. And so if we recognize this disease early, there's a lot we can do to help them out. There is. And we know that there are over 600,000 cats that are going to be diagnosed in the U.S. within their lifetime. But I think currently about 160,000 of those cats go untreated for a myriad of reasons. And we know that some of those reasons can include obstacles to care. So before we get into some of the ways that we can diagnose and treat diabetes, let's just lay it out there. What are some of the reasons that some cats are not being treated for diabetes? And I, I know that can be both from the patient, but also from the pet parent side. Absolutely. There are a lot of reasons why pet parents can't treat their diabetic cats. Uh, old regimes of therapy can involve pretty involved uh, treatment schedules. And for many people, they just can't comply with what uh, you may want them to do in order to provide optimal care for their for their cat. So we're asking them to be on fairly strict schedules. We're asking owners to be at home with their pets to uh, potentially give insulin injections. And some of those treatments can also be very costly. So I think the regime that many of us over the years have set up for the cats in our care have just been too difficult for people to be able to follow with everybody's very busy lives these days. I would agree. And I would say from a GP perspective, 
Certainly some of the obstacles I've run into over time have included the actual therapy itself. So if you're a diabetic and you're taking an insulin shot, you can just go out to dinner, you can go into the bathroom, you know, and give yourself your insulin shot. But if you have a diabetic pet, you have to be home with that pet to actually give the injection. So it really stifles many people's social lives. And then people are afraid to travel because they're afraid of leaving their cat with maybe a pet sitter that could not give the injection correctly. And then they're worried about their cats when they're gone. So I think there's a lot of reasons why it's been very difficult for people to treat their cats using traditional therapy and probably why many, many cats go untreated. I would definitely agree. I mean, you can sort of hear my shoulders start to rise as I listen to all those uh, reasons, because I think we've all been there in the exam room with a pet parent who um, not only has the shock of that diagnosis, but then as we start, as you said, to explain everything, their body language completely changes and it becomes this really kind of uphill climb versus what we want it to be, which is a a fairly, well, I don't want to say easy, but fairly manageable disease that we can live with and still, again, enhance that human-animal bond. So I'm so excited to discuss this innovative option that we have for our newly diagnosed diabetics in the future. Uh, drum roll. <laughs> Cindy, what is Bexicat? Yeah, what is Bexicat? Bexicat is a really exciting, innovative drug that is has been released on the market now. It's been on the market. It was FDA approved about a year ago. And uh, it is an oral medication that you can use to treat, uh, and it can be used as a sole therapy to treat diabetes mellitus in cats. I mean, how cool is that? So instead of having to worry about a needle and drawing up very small amounts of uh, insulin that you have to give under the skin, this is just a medication that you can give orally. So you mentioned a couple advantages that this therapy has over traditional insulin, obviously being oral and taking away some of that needle phobia. But what other advantages does this have, especially when we're talking about the emotional health of our cats and also our pet parents, the cat caregivers at home? So I I think it has a lot of advantages. I know I own a diabetic cat myself, and although I'm very used to giving injections, not all of my family members are. And I do notice that when they are put in a position where they've got to time an insulin injection with feeding, make sure the cat eats, have to give the insulin injection, I think it raises people's stress levels. And of course, our cats sense that from us, don't they? They do. And so they realize that we're upset, they get upset. And I think it does really change the bond. So with Bexicat as an oral medication that you only have to give once a day, I think it really reduces stress level on the entire family. So instead of worrying about timing an injection with a feeding, you can just give this oral medication and not worry about feeding, not really worrying about how much the cat is eating. And I think it reduces the stress level. And of course, our pets are sensing that. And I think it really does improve the human-animal bond. I'm so excited about the possibility of Bexicat for so many of these reasons. But I, I think we want to be very clear about one thing today, and that's case selection, right? Because there are some specific guidelines that we want to follow to make sure that we're really targeting who a Bexicat is. So let's go through those guidelines. Yes. So we want to be reasonably careful, not horribly careful, but reasonably careful on the for the cases that we pick to use Bexicat. You want that newly diagnosed 
otherwise healthy diabetic cat, especially as you're starting out with using Bexacat. And so, um, you know, you, you screen them as you would screen any diabetic, running your screening blood work, doing a thorough physical exam, getting a history. You want to make sure that the Bexacats do not have, uh, have not been previously treated with insulin. So they need to be a, a newly diagnosed diabetic and they really should be fairly free of other diseases that are not controlled. And that is really the screening protocol. So that so the cats that we don't want to start on Bexacat are cats that are ketotic. So we want to make sure that we carefully screen for ketones. Those that have been on insulin therapy, we don't want to uh, treat those with Bexacat. And we just want that healthy, newly diagnosed diabetic cat. Wonderful. So we've got our healthy, otherwise healthy, newly diagnosed diabetic, and we're ready to start on Bexacat. Before we start, though, let's arm our colleagues out there with some of the monitoring guidelines so we know what to expect when we start this medication. So it's going to be a little bit of a paradigm shift in our monitoring, which is actually a good thing. We're going to be relying less on glucose curves and more on ketone monitoring. One of the things that's important when using Bexacat is realizing that cats have to produce some level of endogenous insulin to prevent ketosis. And it's very hard to predict who those cats are going to be when you start Bexacat therapy. And that's one of the reasons that we want to start with newly diagnosed diabetics that have not been on insulin therapy, because those are the cats that most likely have enough functional beta cells so that they can produce their own insulin. But because of that, uh, and because we don't have a good way to really determine which cats um, have enough uh, endogenous insulin to make this, this therapy safe, we need to measure ketones. So early monitoring will include ketone measurement. It's recommended to measure beta-hydroxybutyric acid, and that can easily be measured using a handheld ketone meter. They're very inexpensive. They're easy to use. It's like using a glucometer. And we want to check that within the first three to five days after you start Bexacat, just to make sure that you really have picked the correct cat to start on Bexacat therapy. And then we're going to repeat ketone monitoring every couple of weeks and every month until and for the first month, just to make sure that these guys are safe. And again, this is not scary monitoring at all. It's like getting a blood glucose. Uh, the Bexacat guidelines are very clear and they set out a very nice schedule so that you know exactly how to check these cats. So that's one thing that we're going to have to sort of change our thinking about. We're going to be looking more at ketones rather than blood glucose curves because this medication actually will uh, quickly lower blood glucose and it stays at a very low and consistent level throughout the day. And so glucose curves just aren't going to be helping us as much anymore, which I don't know about you, Natalie, but that makes me really happy. <laughs> me too. Because although <laughs> I love doing glucose curves, that's just me because I like diabetes. I think most people do not like doing glucose curves. And so that's going to become less important for us over time. I agree. And I think as we think about how are we going to shift, not just our thinking, right? When you're talking about we're going to be measuring ketones um, instead of necessarily all these blood sugar readings, but we also need to think about how can we shift our way of communicating to pet parents for at-home care, right? Because just as you've talked so eloquently about earlier in this podcast, 
we've sort of, not on purpose, but sort of in the way we've discussed diabetes in the past to people in exam rooms in that diabetic consult, it's made it kind of scary. It's made, you know, we've created some fear about what could happen if our insulin dose is off, which of course certainly can be, but it's it, it's really limited their lifestyle and limited their bond. And we want to change that. We want more cats to be able to be treated. And we want more families to realize that this is not a death sentence diagnosis. This can be managed and we can have that great at-home bond and enjoy having a cat in our home, which is, of course, the goal, right, to add to our family. So, Cindy, what tips do you use when you're communicating to pet parents to sort of take that fear out of the management at home, especially now that we have a different option? It is absolutely a much less stressful option. So I know that's been one of the things that I have to warn owners about. You know, we need to be checking blood glucoses because if if you start this medication, if you start an insulin medication, we're concerned that maybe they'll become hypoglycemic. And that risk is virtually non-existent when using Bexacat. So that's one big relief I think a lot of owners have when we speak with them. But also just the idea that you don't have to time the medication with eating. Um, their blood glucoses are going to be lower and very consistent throughout the day using uh, Bexacat so we don't have to do a lot of glucose monitoring. And yes, we have a new thing that we need to think about, but it's not going to be like doing a blood glucose curve where you're taking glucoses every two hours. These are going to be ketone measurements that you're taking every couple days or every week or every two weeks. And again, they're very easy to do. The other nice thing is with the handheld glucometers, and they're very inexpensive on Amazon, owners can actually do this at home. You can get enough blood with an ear prick, just like we do with a glucometer and they can actually get a ketone reading at home. So it's, this is nice too, because they don't always have to bring the animal into the veterinary clinic. They can actually do some of the monitoring at home, meaning that they don't have to go through the stress of getting the cat in the carrier, bringing it to the veterinary office and, uh, and having the cat have to go through that stressful event as well. I love all that. I mean, I'm taking deep breaths as I'm listening to this because it's <laughs> so much more relaxing, not just for the pet parent, but also for us as veterinary colleagues, right? right? To not have right. to be giving these 45-minute dissertations on what to be doing and the cat needs to eat and, oh my gosh, what if it's a half hour later and what if I forget the insulin and what if somebody checked us all and all these what-if scenarios that often happen, right, with uh, more traditional exactly. therapy. So, um, but for us... This is a different mechanism of action for a drug that we're used to using, and it's a, a brand new monitoring system that we're used to using. So how can we also just sort of relax colleagues out there? Because certainly when there's an innovative uh, therapy that's brought to us, it can be a little scary at first too, right? Um, what, how can we help some of our colleagues sort of ease into this with that same relaxed attitude so that we're really doing the best for these patients' physical and emotional health and obviously ours as well in practice? So I, I totally agree with you, Natalie. It's like, oh my gosh, there's one more new thing that I have to think about. And 
granted, this is a an innovative treatment, and it's going to be a little a different way of thinking than many of us have done in the past, thinking about diabetes mellitus. But I do think that uh, it overall, it's going to be so much less stressful on the veterinary practitioner and also on the owner. I think the practitioners just have to get through the one case. And once they do that, they're going to see how easy this medication is to use. And I think it's going to be a lot more approachable for many veterinarians. So it's one of the reasons why we want you to start. We want the veterinarian to start with that healthy diabetic cat that really doesn't have any major other issues happening with them newly diagnosed not previously insulin treated the uh and and just start the medication and you don't have to worry that you may have picked a cat that uh maybe is not producing enough endogenous insulin because you're going to find out if you did pick the wrong cat pretty quickly if you get an early ketone measurement, like day three, day five. And if that is the case, then you can always put them back on more traditional insulin therapy. So, but this is a great medication to try. Again, a little bit of a paradigm shift, but quite frankly, I think measuring ketones every couple of weeks is going to be a lot more approachable than doing glucose curves where they have to come in the hospital or you're also applying a freestyle Libra and doing continuous glucose monitoring at home. So I think what I would love to tell the veterinary community is there's a lot of information that's been um, produced by the makers of Bexicat to help you get through your first case. Also, the Bexicat people are a phone call away. And I would love you to just try this medication on your next healthy diabetic, get through the case. And I think that you're going to find that it is a very easy medication to use. There's so much less, uh, there's so many less parameters that you uh, have to tell owners about. Uh, and I think that the, the monitoring is going to be much easier and cheaper in the long run. I would agree. And just from a fear-free perspective, just to add my two cents, I think I really love that this is a palatable medication, that we can have this really great bonding experience. These cats will eat this in their food often. And so this is something where we don't have to have that stressful, um, necessarily stressful med administration. We also, for the veterinarians out there, We've done a lot of this stuff before. We're just substituting a different handheld monitor for what we're used to. But we've right. taken ear pricks, right? We we know how to collect a small sample of blood to get these readings. We're just applying it differently. So you've been on the bike, right? We're just getting on a, a new bike. It's just, it's the same motion. It's just a new monitor. Um, and, and I'm really, really excited for hopefully what we can all do together to help more of these cats get treated. So Dr. Cindy Ward, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for all that you've done for the advancement of diabetes mellitus diagnostics and treatment in cats. And uh, we hope to have you soon back on again. I'm so excited to have had the opportunity uh, to be here. And it's always fun to chat with you, Natalie. So thanks so much for having me. You as well, Cindy. If you are already registered for Fear Free, be sure to keep up with all the Fear Free happenings, access new toolbox items, and find all the additional courses at fearfreepets.com. And of course, if you are not registered, find everything you need to get started at fearfreepets.com. If you are a member interested in pursuing practice certification, get more details on the same site under the Veterinary About section. And if you're a pet owner who has stumbled on this podcast, learn more about the resources we have for you at fearfreehappyhomes.com. This is the important safety information for Bexicat. 
Cats treated with Bexacat may be at increased risk of diabetic ketoacidosis or euglycemic diabetic ketoacidosis, both of which may result in death. Development of these conditions should be treated promptly, including insulin administration and discontinuation of Bexacat. Do not use Bexacat in cats with diabetes mellitus who have been previously treated with insulin, who are receiving insulin, or in cats with insulin-dependent diabetes mellitus. The use of Bexacat in cats with insulin-dependent diabetes mellitus or the withdrawal of insulin and initiation of Bexacat is associated with an increased risk of diabetic ketoacidosis or euglycemic diabetic ketoacidosis and death. Sudden onset of hyporexia, anorexia, lethargy, dehydration, diarrhea that is unresponsive to conventional therapy, or weight loss in cats receiving Bexacat should prompt immediate discontinuation of Bexacat and assessment for diabetic ketoacidosis regardless of blood glucose level. Bexacat should not be initiated in cats with pancreatitis, anorexia, dehydration, or lethargy at the time of diagnosis of diabetes mellitus, as it may indicate the presence of other concurrent disease and increase the risk of diabetic ketoacidosis. Due to risk of severe adverse reactions, do not use Bexacat in cats with evidence of hepatic disease or reduced renal function. Consult a physician in case of accidental ingestion by humans.